All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think I found the problem. So let me just go really quickly back to the chat room. And uh, so we're trying again now. And uh, sounds clear. How about you, Michael? Michael, give us some sound. To... Yeah. Okay. I hope I'm clear. But now I hear the echo, so then I know it works. Oh, yeah. I hope it works. Okay. Yeah, now it's out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It takes a little while <laughs> for the good. echo. All right. My sound settings on Skype changed uh, for some reason. And uh, fortunately, I'm getting good, uh, good at this. <laughs> it's only, you know, it's like uh, taking off with an airplane, and uh, you have to adjust or set a thousand different settings. And, uh, you know, because we don't have a million dollar <laughs> studio to back us up, it's just you and me, Michael, and a bunch of settings on uh, my, my computer. Okay, everybody in the chat room says it sounds good. So let's, uh, let's just go right into it. And we're, you have the, article in the chat room the two seeds of genesis 3:15 and we were going to start at page 10 with the paragraph on the bottom that starts with angelology but first of all let me make a quick announcement to everybody next week we're going to be uh, on a new time slot is going to be 10 to noon eastern time it's going to be a 2 hour show it will be simulcast on Speak Free Radio, which will give us the ability to take phone calls. It will be simulcast uh, Speak Free Radio and Eurofolk Radio. Looking forward to that. So we're going to have to adjust the schedule. Uh, Brother Abear's shows will be before, be before Bloodlines and after Voice of Christian Israel. So he'll still have three hours a broadcast time, but it'll be before and after those two shows. So it'll be all shown on the Eurofolk radio schedule and also on the Speak Free radio schedule so that uh, we can uh, attract a lot more listeners that way, all right, which is what we want to do. We want to inform all white people of the fact that the Jews are not God's chosen people. They're the devil's spawn, which is what this article is about by Pastor Dan Gaiman. So let me just read the paragraph before the bottom paragraph, just to remind everybody what what this is all about. We read these fallen angel of these fallen angels who left their first estate, June, uh, Jude, not June 6. Maybe it was June 6, 666, right? Jude, verse 6, 2 Peter 2, 4, Hebrews 2, 2, and Genesis 6, 1 through 10, under the name Sons of God, or Elohim, Ben Elohim, Sons of heaven are fallen angels. These fallen angels, leaving their first estate, went into the rebellion against God. And, of course, that rebellion occurred in heaven, and then they fell to earth. And following their expulsion from heaven, along with their captain and leader, Satan, they sought to cohabit with the daughters of men, that is, Adamites. Hooray! Adamites. Those who show blood in the face, who were fair which means to show blood in the face, that is, of the white Adamic women produced out-of-kind beings called giants or Nephilim. Read appendix number 25 in the Companion Bible for complete details. This bastard seed line means that God's law of kind after kind had been broken. The evil progeny of the fallen angels and the daughters of Adam brought on the flood as a judgment of God. The flood was judgment upon the Nephilim and deliverance of Noah. Okay, so I'll turn it over to you. Uh, the study of angelology, Michael. Yes, 
Thank you very much. Okay. And <laughs> I also want to make an, one of my this reflection because what we are doing, as we okay. also discussed, the other, we are doing everything on a shoestring budget, <laughs> and right? the money is always on the left. They have the money. Yes. And yeah. I, I have never seen, I don't know if you have, have you seen many, I don't know what to say, I don't know, use the word loosely, rich people that is engaged in this? Because I am not. I'm not seeing no. any of them. No, no, no. Rich people, even if they're atomites, tend to be afraid of losing their money, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so they don't want to uh, offend the Jew. Okay. That's the long and short of it. Okay. Yeah. By the then way, you, yeah. Okay, you and yeah. me have drawn the, the same conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're holding on to each other's shoestrings as we speak <laughs> across the big pond. All right. Back to you, brother. Yeah, thank you. So, okay. this study of angel uh, logic is critical to understanding the early chapters of Genesis. And it is vital to a proper study of God's word. Genesis to Revelation. As an archangel before his fall, Satan had been lifted up in pride because he did not want to recognize that Jesus Christ, bracket, the last Adam, and no bracket, was his superior, both in time and in eternity. Okay. Uh, Paul says that the angels, we, we will have power over the angels. Okay. Which means, uh, that, so that refers back to this. Lucifer could not, he was already demoted. And after being demoted, Yahweh said, okay, I'm going to produce Adam and Eve and have a pure-blooded race of Adamic people who will take over from Lucifer. Because Lucifer had charge of this planet. That's not stated in the Bible, but it's stated in uh, earlier books, other books of the Bible, like the... Uh, the book, uh, the lost book of Adam and Eve. It's stated in, in several other locations like Enoch and Jasher and those kind of books. So, and angelology is a, a major theme of those books. It's not a major theme of the Bible, but you know, like uh, we were talking before the show, it's a, uh, you have to glean uh, the the stories of angels in uh, from the Bible, like this, the uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah episode where, I forget if it's two. I think it was two angels materialized into human form, and they were lusted after by by the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And so the way they just dematerialized to get to get out of that situation, as Yahshua himself dematerialized. He had to dematerialize when the people in uh, uh, after his first uh, uh, speech sermon in the synagogue, they said these were these. Uh, words of prophecy have been fulfilled in your ears and uh, the whole synagogue erupted and they want to throw him off off the cliff so he had to stop time and just uh, disappeared (laughs) out of their midst so there's all these episodes in the scriptures that you have to glean from and but angelology is not a subject in that you can really get easily from the bible back to you yeah, thank you. And then um, when um, if you talk about this, that Satan is the ruler of this world, when uh, when Jesus, when Jesus Christ was tempted, Yeshua was tempted by Satan. He didn't he didn't denounce it when Satan 
he was the rule of this world. They say, just worship me and you get everything in this right. world. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's interesting because he says, uh, uh, I, I don't want to denounce you. I just want to say that the, the Father in heaven is the one who will judge you. Because, I guess because the, the time is not yet. You know, all of the... The Bible is very clear that the fallen angels are in the underworld waiting for judgment. So the date of their judgment has been set. And for the rest of us, we can redeem ourselves while we yet live, but they're judged. They're judged. And you know, so we're all very patiently waiting for that day. Back to you. Yeah, but that's what all about this world is. That's what this is about. This is a test. Yes. It's a oh. fail or pass test. And it's not an easy test. <laughs> right. No, no. And, and because if, if you're entangled in this world and not looking for stuff in this world, you love this world, well, you miss, the, you miss it because then you will love Satan. And that's why yeah. I get sometimes to, to them, I don't know what you think, but that this right. place sometimes is hell. Yeah, that's right. Oh, for sure. Uh, Kim Smith says, uh, Yahshua said, hey, look over there. There's a shekel on the ground. Then he made his escape. <laughs> That's the way that you could distract a Jew. Just have have a shekel handy in your pocket and just drop it on the ground, and then you can get away. They won't notice you running away. All right, very good. Great point, Mr. Smith. Okay, please continue. Or say if it's a Nazi around the corner for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. just pull a pull a, wall, a, a a dollar out of your wallet and then dangle it in front of the Jews' nose. <laughs> Drop it and run. He'll never catch up with you. All right, please continue. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, moreover, Satan as an archangel before his fall, Revelations 12, verses 7 to 11, know full well that Jesus Christ, as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, would become incarnated into a flesh body to redeem fallen Adam kind. After his expulsion from heaven, after failing to successfully assault the throne of God and place himself into the uncreated being of Yahweh, Satan uh, proceeded to make his assault upon the being of Adam kind. That is, he decided to incarnate himself in the seed of Adam and bring forth a um, counterfaith incarnation. Satan realizing that it was in God's plan to bring forth a seed of Adam's race by the grace of Jesus Christ. Though the atonement sought to bring forth a counterfeit seed line, spurious bastard seed line into the earth and then seek to identity his counterfeit bastard seed as being the, the true Israel of God. Yeah, they try to do that. Yeah, actually, um, there's a typo there. It should be identify to uh, and seek to identify his counterfeit bastard seed as being the true Israel of God. Okay, that's a typo. Back to you. Thank you. So yeah. after being totally unsuccessful in his assault against the being of the um, uncreated God, Satan, bracket, the archangel, and a bracket, thought to make his intrusion into the being of Adam kind by cohabiting with Eve and incarnate himself into physical seed line, hence the seed of the serpent. Genesis, and that's bracket, Genesis 3.15, and the yeah. bracket. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt about this. Uh, however, there's, uh, you know, it, even with an identity, the non-seed liners don't accept the, uh, the fact that they cohabited and produced cane. But uh, w- one fact uh, that they can't counteract is the fact that there, nowhere in Scripture is Cain listed as Adam's son. He's listed as Eve's son, but not as Adam's son. And that's the problem. And then the replacement for Abel is Seth. And that's what the word Seth means. It means replacement. So, uh, and that seed line is clearly uh, mark, demarcated in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 3, where you're given the genealogy from Adam through Seth down to Yahshua Messiah. No Cain. No Cain is listed there. Okay. And so, but you can trace the descendants of Cain. Uh, again, you have to glean it from the various scriptures of the Bible, but you can glean the seed line of Cain very easily, you know, from various passages in the scriptures. Okay, back to you. Thank you. So, uh, the seed plot of this book reveals what happened when Satan sought to successfully make his intrusion into the being of Adam. That is, mix his seed with that of Adam kind. Out of this unlawful, godless, and sinful act, we have original sin and the fall of Adam man taking place. And the awesome truth that by mixing his seed with the woman's woman Eve, Satan was able to incarnate himself into a person called Cain. Cain was the bastard spurious seed resulting from the cohabiting of Satan with the woman Eve. Cain was out of order of kind, after his kind, being fathered by an angelic kind, and being born of a woman of Adam kind. Cain was therefore a product of a fallen being. Mm-hmm. He was out of his kind. He was the bastard seed of two different kinds of being, an angelic kind and Adamic kind, which was in absolute and total violation of God's immutable law of kind after his kind, outlined in Genesis chapter 1, no less than 10 times. Does it really say that 10 times? (laughs) I guess he was trying to make a point, right? Okay, please continue. And isn't this also... (laughs) Isn't this also the case with when the Nephilim was created? Wasn't that also a mix between Adam kind and angel kind? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, again, you know, there's people who don't want to believe that such a thing is possible, but, you know, how how did the original incarnation of, you know, uh, bipeds occur at all? You know, so, and, and how, how is it possible that angels can materialize into human form, you know, as in several episodes in Scripture that takes place? So who's to say that they that if they can uh, if they can materialize into human form? In fact, even Yahshua, come to think of it, when he uh, before he finally ascended into heaven, he was walking around on the earth, and the apostles thought he was a normal human man. Oh, hey, you're walking around. <laughs> right? uh, they could not tell the difference between him and an angelic being, because he was already in his ascended form, but to them, he looked like a normal human being. 
So who's to say that uh, that appearance is not uh, capable of producing seed? Okay, all right. Well, that that's something you know you have to you have to be able to disprove that too. You just can't say, well, that's not possible. All right. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, the incarnation of Satan into a literal seed line, a seed of the serpent, brought forth a counterfeit bastard seed line, which would seek to thwart every um, purpose and plan of God, this evil seed would kill Abel and all the prophets and would slay the righteous of every generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would always be seeking to assault the uh, godly seed line. Hence, yeah. they preceded Abraham into the promised land. When Abraham arrived... The Canaanites were already in the land. Bracket, Genesis 12, verse 6. In a bracket. Satan would seek to pass this counterfeit creation off as the true seed of Israel. Bracket, that is, the seed of Isaac. Genesis 21, verse 12. In a bracket. And would offer up this spurious, spurious bastard seed line as the Messiahic people who would seek to exalt themselves above the true seed of Israel. And who would seek to kill Jesus Christ, the true incarnated God. When this counterfeit bastard seed line made Jesus Christ the incarnated God upon the, the cross. cross, they yep. cried out, quote, His blood be on us and on our children. And though, quote, yeah, now that's the, yeah, that's the verse that the ADL demanded uh, to be taken out of the movie. The uh, Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. They demanded that he remove that passage from the movie. You know, what, you know, if they weren't guilty, why would they demand that that passage be removed? Isn't that kind of a, a suspicious thing to do? Yeah, I mean, they always do the stupid thing. <laughs> yes. They always try to, same as the only historical event you can preach us is the Holocaust. Right. Come on. Then you tell you something. Yeah. If they're not guilty, why remove the verse? Yeah. They shouldn't be bothered by that verse if they're not guilty. Exactly. Right? And they should be bothered if people yeah. look into the Holocaust and say it's a big lie. There you go. But, me, yeah, I made this point yesterday at the congregation in Springfield that the first ship that came from Germany to Israel before the Israel uh, nation was created, the the first ships that the Nazis uh, went from Germany to Palestine had both the Nazi flag and the six-pointed star flag, which shows you that the Zionists were cooperating with the Nazis to ship Jews from Germany to Palestine. Why? Well, because the Zionists had to compel Jews to leave Germany because they didn't want to be farmers. They didn't want to work for a living. They they were perfectly comfortable in Germany, even with a few stores being closed. Right? The, the Zionists were cooperating with the Nazis uh, on that score. Okay, And then after... After the war started, well, then the Zionists had to pretend, oh, no, no, we didn't cooperate with the Nazis. No, and they had to invent the Holocaust to, to cover up, to cover their tracks. Okay, back to you. Yeah, they always do. You 
cannot trust Jews in any corporations. They will always throw you under the bus, regardless. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. And they'll throw their own people under the bus. They're like like the movie, Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Only a Jew would think of a, of a movie like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this was from Matthew 27, verse 25. In the truth, the chief goal of Satan was to... Um, incarnate himself into a counterfeit seed line mm-hmm. on this earth and thereby seek to circumvent and uh, the true incarnation of Jesus Christ who was to come through the race of Adam of the seed of Isaac of the tribe of Judah of the royal house of David Satan sought to produce a counterfeit incarnation and destroy the true incarnation of God into flesh, into the personage of Jesus Christ. For nearly 6,000 years of history, this as bastard counterfeit Sidon has sought to exalt itself as the true Sidon of God on this earth. Hence, most ministers today call the Canaanite Jew, the chosen people, when in truth they are the bastard counterfeit seed of Satan, out of that, out of the order of God not being kind after his kind, but being of two distinct different orders of kinds. And therefore, Jesus Christ, the God-man, could truly say to this counterfeit seed, quote, every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted, bracket, place it in this earth as creation, and no bracket, shall be rooted up, and no quote. Amen. And that is Matthew fifteen thirteen. Okay, get the get the shovel, <laughs> get your shovel ready, and dig up those weeds. But we know that uh, Yahweh Himself is going to take care of this. We just have to be ready to do our part when it happens, and we have to prepare ourselves because this day of judgment is coming, and it's going to be brutal, folks. It's going to be brutal. If you think you've been suffering lately, it's just, well, it's compared to a woman giving birth. Uh, how much pain does a woman go through, especially the first time? I guess the, her, her body gets used to it after multiple births. But it's very painful. But once the birth is accomplished, then she forgets the pain, and then we have uh, happiness thereafter, right? <laughs> okay, back to you. Yeah. Um, we can therefore see why Jesus Christ did not try to convert this bastard spurious counterfeit seed line during his earthly ministry. Amen. And it is also to be understood why this spurious Canaanite seed line must ultimately be removed from this earth. Zechariah 14, verse 21. Yes, very good. From the- yep. There shall so, no more be a Canaanite in the earth. Okay? That's what that verse says. Yeah. Yep. And that is not we say that. That is Yahweh God says that. Amen. Yes. We just read the Bible. Nothing more. To understand the Holy Bible, you must understand and confront the truth of Genesis 3.15. The counterfeit sealant of Satan place it into this earth, the embodiment of Satan himself, into a physical seed line. This counterfeit seed line moved forth in history in the uh, personage of Cain of Noah's day, 
this counterfeit seed line moved forth in the personage of Canaan, who carried forth the bastard counterfeit satanic seed line after the flood. From Cain forward, this very day, this counterfeit spurious seed line has sought to circumvent the true incarnation of God into flesh in the personage of Jesus Christ and open up a false way uh, for man to walk. And this is also something we know with, with the Jews um, and the satanic seed line the Jews is that they always want, as I said here, counterfeit something. That is also right. what Satan always want to do. Same with the, with the virgin birth, when Jesus Christ incarnate into, into the Adamites. That is what they tried here in Genesis 3.15. That is Satan's try to do that, that, um, yeah, do that same stuff. But it's a counterfeit. It is not true. Yeah. Everything they do is counterfeit. Uh, they love to make lies. They love to fool us. They love to, uh, uh, how should I put it? They have such contempt for us that they make up the wildest, craziest lies that you can possibly imagine and just wait. Uh, you know, they may have to repeat the lie a thousand times, but they're our people are gullible enough to believe the lie, right? Uh, they just keep lying until we finally believe the lie. That's their tactic, okay? But, but they control the mass media, so every commercial they have, for example, here in America, I don't know how it is in Sweden, but virtually every commercial has a black man and a white woman walking down the street, getting married, in bed, you name it. And even, you know, some of our people are finally waking up. Hey, wait a minute. How come there's all these race-mixed couples in virtually every commercial? So even the sleeping sheeple are beginning to object to this, which is a good thing. All right, back to you. Yeah, you have the same tendencies here too, but not maybe not that extreme, but it's also I see it here too. Yeah. Okay. They do the same here too. And then the stupid and pathetic white races going after it, especially women. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why. Well, I think uh, women have uh, they're more sociable beings than men, so they want to fit in more, right? Uh, and uh, be, be uh, the hit of the party, <laughs> right? Whereas most men don't give a damn about that, you know? So, you know, uh, uh, men can be more confrontational than women, and so yeah, we, we have a, we'll have our fist fight and make up later, but uh, women are engaged in that uh, usually, okay? There are some women who, who are really, uh, you know, abrupt in, in social context, but most women aren't. Most women are, you know, they just tend to be, you know, let's be sociable. Let's be friendly. Let's be nice. Be nice. Where a lot of men just simply aren't concerned about being nice. Then it never occurs to them. All right, back to you. Yeah, that's, uh, I agree with your assumption. Yeah. Women always want to fit in. They always want to be, for them, it is, for them, fame, fame and success in this life is money and stuff. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. Or just I mean, to, that's you know, how they are in Sweden. Yeah. That's well, my experience no, here in Sweden. Yeah, even even feminists have to admit that the way boys play and the way girls play are radically different. Okay, the boys will uh, will wrestle and uh, you know they'll get into very physical uh, activity, where the girls uh, you know do do kind of like. A, uh, let's be sociable and be nice and, uh, you know, be kind to one another. And they rarely wrestle. The girls, 
almost never. The girls almost never get into wrestling. So, you know, they'll, they'll be on the swings and go down the slide. But uh, actually, you know, wrestling and punching each other, that, that never happens. Girls don't do that. Okay, back to you. No. Yes. So, yeah. today, the entire world wanders after this counterfeit spurious seed line and worship them as the chosen people of God. When in truth, they are the Antichrist Canaanite yeah. Jews descended from Satan. In order to better understand how this counterfeit spurious seed of Satan has been so successful in uh, passing themselves off as the true seed of Adam, let us define the word counterfeit from the Random House Dictionary under the word counterfeit. Made in limitation uh, to be passed off fraudulently or deceptively as uh, genuine, not genuine, forged. An imitation intended to be passed off as genuine forgery. Oh, forgery. Haven't you heard that word before in those circumstances? Yeah, yeah the protocols. <laughs> the protocols must be a forgery, right? Well, if there's a forgery, there's an original. Exactly. Right. Um, a copy or a close likeness. Yes, it's a copy of the original. Yep. Um, to resemble, to simulate, to fetch. Ammo quote. So, this Antichrist Canaanite Jews, who say they are Judah, bracket, Revelation 2, verses 9, and Revelation 3, verses 9, and a bracket, and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan, claim to be the Messiah themselves. They claim that their race constitute the true Messiah of this earth that the Jews themselves are the embodiment of the promised Messiah. They deny forthwith the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ Amen. and are by definition the Antichrist. And that is bracket First John chapter 2 verses 22 to 23 and Second John um, 1 seven. verses 7 and a bracket. They do not accept Jesus Christ as a true anointed one. That is the Messiah that was to come and redeem Israel. The true seed of the woman, the Canaan spirit seed of the, the serpent, the counterfeit seed of Satan, incarnated, call themselves the Messiah of this world, since they believe they will be the ultimate ruler of this world. The battle this day is between the shell of, of light and the shield of darkness. The counterfeit makes dark appear as light, and evil appears as Amen. good. Yep. Uh, the cursed appear uh, as the chosen. This counterfeit sea line has most ministers giving them, quote, chosen people status, end of quote, in almost every pulpit throughout the land. Surely we are deceived people. Yes. Okay. Dave Gehari sent me a video of a pastor at the pulpit denouncing the Jews. And he was a a Judeo-Christian pulpit. So I think there's a change in the wind. You know, we've had Chuck Baldwin denouncing Zionism, but not the Jews themselves, right? People are beginning to wake up. And I have to think that The Jews are beginning to have sleepless nights 
Because what what do they fear most, Michael? What is absolutely the thing they fear most? That that the truth come out. Right, and that the white people will wake up. <laughs> That's like, come come out of their slumber, right? That's what they fear most, and it's starting to happen, folks. All right, please continue. Yes, so it is therefore imperative that ever Christian. Soldier, soldier of Jesus Christ, clearly understand that um, the event that took place in Eden, the Garden of God, Genesis 3.15, is the key that unlocks our understanding of God's word. You must understand how Satan, the fallen archangel, sought to circumvent the true incarnation and incarnate himself into a seed line, into this earth, by making his intrusion into the being of Adam kind. Satan knowing that the true Messiah, Jesus Christ, would become through his seed line of Adam, sought to plant his own graft onto the Adamic root, and thereby bring forth a spurious seed and prevent the coming of the true Messiah. Satan did incarnate himself into Cain, the counterfeit seed of the serpent. And for 6,000 years of history, this satanic counterfeit spurious seed line has sought to destroy the work of the true incarnation of Jesus Christ. By incarnating himself into Cain, Satan sought to uh, move in advance uh, of the true incarnation of God in human flesh uh, of Adam kind. And in so doing, Satan sought to destroy the work of Jesus Christ as kinsman redeemer uh, to the true and genuine seed line, bracket, Israel, and a bracket, from the seed of Isaac, of the race of Adam kind. For almost 6,000 years, this spurious counterfeit seed line has moved forth in history to destroy the true work and purpose of God. Jesus Christ clearly uh, traced it. His counterfeit Chidan from his day back across 4,000 years of history to the man Cain, who was uh, the beginning of this spurious bastard counterfeit seed of Satan. Careful read the witness of Matthew 23, verse 29 to 35, and the witness of John 8, verses 22 to 47, in the uh, mouth of these two apostles. The testimony of Jesus Christ traced the Jew Pharisees of his day back uh, to their father Cain. May God help us to proceed to see what happened in the Garden of Eden and more particularly mm-hmm. to understand the meaning of Genesis 3.15. Only by dealing with the two seeds of Genesis 3.15 can you hope to unlock the mystery of God's work. Word. For the War that raged in heaven is now raging on the earth without a truce. In almost 6,000 years of time, six days on God's uh, time clock. Okay, amen. Okay, there's a comment in the uh, chat room here uh, from Matthew 12:37. Change a word here and there and... <laughs> Oh, that's my response to him. He says, it's possible to spot Edomite text by looking at what I call the magic Jew pattern. 
they over embellish things and use hyperbole and weird sentences and the one above to make themselves seem mystic and mysterious, right? And that, but here it's really very simple. And that this is the topic of my presentation yesterday in Springfield. That all they have to do, for example, in the Old Testament, change the word Judah or Judahite to Jew. Change the word nation to Gentile, <laughs> right? Uh, change the word uh, exiled to lost. So in other words, just fudge, fudge the language a little bit from being very precise to being very vague. And once you make the language vague, you can give it just about any interpretation. Okay. For example, best, the, what, probably the best, yeah. For the neighbors, thou shalt not abhor a Negro, right? The, the, the best example is the word Gentile, which is a totally invented word, has no business being in Scripture. It's certainly not in the original Hebrew or Greek. The, the, the original Hebrew and Greek are goi and ethnos, which you know, everybody knows, ethnicity. A, a race combination is the exact definition given in Strong's Concordance of the word ethnos. But when you replace that word with the word Gentile and give it a new definition, now here, here's the interesting thing, folks. The word Gentile is a Latin word. It's not a Greek or Hebrew word. So why is it being used? It's not English. Why is it being used to substitute for goy and ethnos? Well, because the Jews redefined Gentile to mean a non-Jew or a non-Israelite. But the original meaning of the word Gentile, you look it up everywhere, it says the original meaning of the word Gentile is a person of the same, S-A-M-E, same race, clan, or tribe. The same race, clan, or tribe. How does it get changed to a different race, clan, or tribe. That's because that the Jews have changed it in the textbooks, and now every textbook will say, oh, a Gentile is a non-Jew. Now, wait a minute. How does a person of the same race, tribe, or clan become a person of a different clan or tribe? It's simply a trick. It's just a word trick invented by the Jews. Back to you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, do you want to start with on here in chapter two for some time? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me go there, and I'll pick it up in chapter two. I have to change the page real quick here. The law of the firstborn, and actually, of course, this this applies in numerous cases in scripture. And now that I think about it, because Abel, who, who I think actually Cain was the firstborn, he had to be the firstborn. Because the cursing of Eve's womb occurred in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 4.1 says, And Adam knew his wife Eve, and then Cain came out first, and then Abel. Which means that she was already pregnant with Cain, and they had a, a dual pregnancy. Okay, so let's continue. Another extremely important law that relates to Genesis 3.15 is the law of the firstborn. The law of the firstborn is clearly outlined in the Holy Scriptures and no understanding of Genesis 3.15 
will be possible without understanding this immutable law. Cain was born first from the womb of the woman Eve, Genesis 4.1. The woman having been beguiled or deceived by Satan as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11.14, Eve actually was deceived into believing that Cain was gotten or not begotten of God when in truth Cain was fathered by Satan, an angel who appeared in the exact manner described by St. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Okay, uh, uh, Michael, do you want to bring up 2 Corinthians 11 and uh, get those verses for us while I'm reading here? For sure. Okay, so I'll continue. Cain was gotten or acquired from another source than Adam. Absolutely. Cain was born first from the womb Eve, and woman Eve, and having broken the matrix, claimed the right of the firstborn, Exodus thirteen eleven through thirteen, even though he was not the firstborn of Adam. Okay, well, all right, well, isn't this why the Jews reckon their lineage through the woman? Yeah, okay. I think it is. So it doesn't matter who came out of that womb first. Right, but it does matter that the first uh, firstborn of Eve was not an Adamite; he was the product of a fallen one. Okay, whether you believe, uh, even you don't even have to believe as a fallen angel; it could be anybody other than Adam. Right, it only has to be anyone other than Adam uh, to to be to claim to be the first firstborn who was not of Adam. Okay, so it's not absolutely required that, that he should be a fallen angel. So let me c- uh, continue here. And Cain yeah. is not listed anywhere in Adam's genealogy. Uh, we p- pointed that out ar- already. Okay, have you got uh, for Second Corinthians? Yes. Do you want me just to read the first, or do you want me to read the whole the uh, well, uh, eleven one verse fifteen? Uh, well, if you think it's all relevant to verse fifteen, go ahead. Uh, I think it's only, it is number 14, that is the one that he, he okay. is emphasizing here, so I can read it. Okay. So, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And, oh wait, I will change this one, and then. And, no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as a messenger of light. Okay. So this is about false emissaries, false apostles, false messiahs, and then... Right. Um, that, that is for uh, Paul's, uh, Paul and the false apostles. Yes, okay. An angel of light. So uh, he's just trying to emphasize that uh, it's a fallen angel. Okay, I, I guess yes. that's the point of Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. But there's yeah. another verse where uh, Paul says that Eve was seduced totally. Eve was seduced totally, which means... She was impregnated. <laughs> okay, all right. It wasn't just a, a, a half. You know, I, I guess you can have coitus and and not ejaculate sperma. Sperma, by the way, sperma is the Greek for seed. Okay, so it's not. You can't. You can't spiritualize the Greek word sperma. It, it's sperm, folks. That's what the word means. And so you can't spiritualize that word. And this is what the non-seed liners try to do. They try to spiritualize the the language of the Old Testament, right? And so when Paul says Eve was seduced totally, he's agreeing with what uh, Dan Gaiman is saying here. Okay, so let me continue. 
So Eve was actually deceived into believing that Cain was gotten or not begotten of God, when in truth Cain was fathered by Satan, an angel who appeared in exact manner described in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Cain was, has gotten or acquired from another source than Adam, and she does. Here, let's go, let's look at Genesis 4.1. Genesis 4.1, because it's crucial that we understand. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll open it. Let's both look at it, and you go ahead and read it. And I'm, Genesis I've got, yeah. 4.1. Okay. So, and Adam knew Hawam, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, quote, I've gained a man, Yahweh, and quote. From Yahweh. Okay. Now, the two things uh, we have to understand, and actually I came to this understanding only about a month ago because I've, you know, the fact is all of the cursing of her womb occurred in Genesis chapter 3, which means that she was already impregnated by by the fallen angel in Genesis chapter 3. So Cain, the seed of Cain, was already in her womb when she says this in Genesis 4.1. You have to understand that she is being quoted here. And, and Eve, she conceived, bare Cain, and said... This is Eve saying this. I have acquired a man. This is an Ish, not an Adamite. A male from Yahweh. But she's being quoted here. This is not Moses saying that she acquired a man from Yahweh. But even if she did, she's still not saying, I have acquired a man from Adam. Right? Exactly. It is from, yeah. it is um, somewhere else from Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. Now, Adam knew his wife Eve, but that, the uh, the offspring of Adam was Abel, not Cain. Okay. So she's talking about Cain here, folks, and said, I have gotten a man from Yahweh. Well, she hopes. <laughs> I think, as we're talking about it now, I think Eve actually believed that this angel of the Lord was sent by Yahweh. Okay? Yeah. And that and is, I did also look up the verse that you were referring to with Paul when he okay. said that, um, that Eve was um, seduced holy. So I can read it as well. That is from 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I'm afraid, least... As the serpent deceived Haran by his trickery, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Messiah. So, if you look up the word um, beguiled, that is G1818, and that word is mm, from to seduce holy, beguile, yeah. deceive. To seduce holy. Yes. And incomplete seduction does not include impregnation. She was seduced yeah. wholly. And so, yeah, please, uh, is there any more to that verse? Or? Uh, no, that's that's the one. So it's also right, right. the Greek word is um, exapatau. 
I cannot pronounce it really. Right. <laughs> right. Exapatao, to seduce holy. Yes, very good. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when, when Paul says that in the New Testament, that to seduce holy, you know, you have to scratch your head, you know, well, what does that mean? You know, does that mean they had completed the sex act or not? Holy, it sounds to me. That yeah, is, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. done for it. They went all the way, right? In modern jargon, right? They went all the way. And that's what happened. And how could Eve's womb be cursed with painful birth and, uh, you know, what, what's the word? Oh, and they had to wear loincloths to cover their shame. They, they didn't wear dunce caps to cover, cover their heads or face masks to cover their mouths. They had to wear loincloths to cover their shame. That's because that's where the shame was, right? In their in their what, what do you call it? The, uh, the their gonads, right? To cover their gonads, you know, their sex their sex organs. That's what it's te- clearly telling us. How can you how can you miss that? Right? How can you miss that? So, uh, uh, so where was I? <laughs> we, we, we got off the track here because Genesis four one we did pick up. So I don't know if you have a description to Genesis four one somewhere here. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. L- let me just uh, go back uh, to finish. Let me re- just reread the verse so that people understand again. The number one uh, in Genesis three fifteen is where uh, where where Eve was already impregnated, the cursing of her womb and all that stuff took place already in Genesis 3.15, from 3.15 to the end of chapter 3. And then, only then, after all that, is it saying that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. Now, it's possible that they had sexual relations before that, but Eve did not conceive. Okay, that's, that's still possible. So this is the, when Eve conceived after she already was bearing the seed of Nakash. Nakash is the name of the creature that uh, impregnated her. And now, so it's very clear that she was already impregnated by Nakash, and now she's got two seeds in her womb, but the one that came out first was Cain, and she said, I have gotten a, an ish from Yahweh. Now, whether she got that seed from Yahweh is is actually a moot point because Eve is being quoted. She is she is saying she believes she got it from Yahweh. Remember, Eve was deceived on this point. It clearly says she was deceived. So that that she thought, oh, I, this, but it didn't look like Adam, so she just called it an ish, <laughs> right? So uh, there, there are several reasons to think that uh, Genesis 4.1 is very clear that uh, she did not get this from Yahweh. She thought she got it from Yahweh, but she was deceived on this point, okay? So that's basically all I wanted to say about that. It's not as clear cut as the non-seed liners want to believe. All right, so let's get back to the text here. Two seeds of Genesis uh, 3.15. Now, Genesis 4.1 is very important to, to totally understand what's going on there. 
All right, so uh, where was I here? Exodus, he mentions Exodus 13, 11 through 13. Okay, okay yeah, here we go. Uh, we mentioned uh, the uh, second Second Corinthians. All right, Cain was gotten or acquired from another source than Adam. Okay, and that's actually clear from Genesis 4.1 as well. Because Eve was deceived on the point when she says, oh, I, I got this seed from... I believe that, that Eve falsely believed that this angel, which she obviously perceived as an angel, was sent from Yahweh. I think that's what the meaning of 4.1 is. So, so let's continue. Cain was born first from the woman Eve, and having broken the matrix, claimed to be the right, claimed the right of the firstborn, Exodus 13:11 through 13. Even though he was not the firstborn of Adam, okay, she, he was the firstborn of Eve, but not the firstborn of Adam. Okay, uh, does that mean anything to you, Michael? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, because our sin line goes through the man, not That's the women. Right. That's right. And this goes to the, and that's why the Jews do everything opposite. They go to the material, what is yes. the name, on, yeah. when you go on the women's side. Yeah. Instead of right. our side, we go also on the yeah. patriarchy. That's why we have the patriarchy, because that's yeah. how Amen. we trace our seed line. And they have a matriarchy. Matriarchy. The, the law yeah, in, the, in, in the bandit state of Israel is that any child born of a Jewish woman is a Jew. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter what race the father is. It really doesn't even matter what race the mother is. Any child born no. of a quote unquote Jewish woman is a Jew. That's the law in the Israeli state. Totally the opposite of scripture. Okay, so let's continue. Uh Cain is not listed anywhere in Adam's genealogy. Why is Cain missing from Adam's genealogy? Oh, gee, it's a mystery. Because Cain is not Adam's son. Genesis 4.25 declares that Seth, meaning substitute or replacement, has been appointed as another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain had slain. Seth was the firstborn from Eve's womb, but was not the firstborn of Adam. Well, the firstborn Adamite from her womb. Seth was the firstborn from Eve's womb, but was not the firstborn of Adam. Abel, who was born right after Cain, Genesis 4.2, was Adam's seed. Cain was the spurious seed of Satan. 1 John 3.11.12 Because Cain was born first from Eve's womb, he could lay claim to the right of firstborn, and the dialogue of Genesis 4.6-15 is a direct result of Cain seeking to lay claim to the rights of the firstborn under the law of the firstborn. The reason Cain was allowed to remain on earth without being killed was twofold. First, by being born first from the womb of Eve, Cain claimed the right of the firstborn. And second, if Cain had been killed, the consequences of sin, original sin, would have been eliminated without sacrifice per the law of God. Okay, that's a very good point. That also, I would say also, that because the Genesis 3.15 statement is in fact a prophecy that the two seeds would be in conflict, the enmity of the two seed lines would be an enmity uh, until the judgment day, really, that 
Cain had to be allowed to live, right, in order to fulfill that prophecy. What do you think, Michael? Yep, it is his prophecy should be fulfilled. And as I say, when would the pathetic white race wake up to this? Well, the Jews are, I must say, even if I give them that, that they are very trustworthy to Yahweh. They do what he said. They obey him. We do not. But they obey. There is, a, there is a fight between the white race and the Jews, and the Jews obey it to the tilt. Not we. We forgot it. We are the forgetful ones. Yes, we are the forgetful ones. Yes, right. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that virtually every society on earth has worships the, uh, the, the snake, the dragon, isn't it interesting that virtually every society on earth engages in dragon worship? Why is that? You think that comes from the garden? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Chinese. So that's the, that's, yeah. It's like ahead. the trace of uh, of Cain everywhere that he Yeah, he is. He is the ruler of this world, or Satan. And same in China. Well, Cain went to China. So Chinese are worshiping the dragon. They are That's worshiping right. Cain. They they are Satanists because they are very materialistic in China. And do you know how the Chinese pronounce China? No. Kana. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. As you have it in, right. in the scriptures, how Cain is pronounced is exactly the same. That's right. Kana. How about Genghis Khan? <laughs> right? Genghis Khan? And uh, some Jews who pronounce their, uh, oh, who's a Jewish movie producer? Uh, anyway, a lot of Jews have surnames that sound just like Cain, right? So there's a lot going on here, folks. The clues are everywhere. The clues are simply everywhere. Okay, so we're having too much fun with this, folks. So uh, I keep on losing my place. Uh, let's see, Genesis 4, okay, yeah, Genesis 4.16 uh, 6 through 15 is a direct result of Cain seeking to lay claim to the rights of the firstborn under the law of the firstborn. But there's more going on. So I think we really, really need to go into Genesis 4. So let me go there as well. So I'm going to open up my, uh, and, and, and talk about, because, yeah, let, let's go through this here. So after Eve says, I have begotten an Ish, not an Adamite, and Ish from Yahweh, and she was deceived on this point. But she she had to speculate, Michael, that you know why did she say I have gotten an Ish rather than an Adam? Probably she, because she did know it. Yeah. Well, she looked at Cain, and I bet Abel, who who is yet to come out must have looked like Adam, so she didn't speculate. You know, oh, okay, Adam looks like my husband, <laughs> right? But Cain, Cain doesn't quite look like my husband. What's going on here? Verse 2, And she again bare his brother, Abel, which means an act of continuation. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Okay, right now we could say, no Jew, there never had been any such thing as a Jewish farmer. Okay? And so the job that Cain was given by Yahweh, he didn't like that job. So let's continue. And in process of time it came to pass 
that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto Yahweh. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And Yahweh had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very much wroth, and his countenance fell. Okay, so it's quite obvious here. The law, the law of the firstborn, and the law of the first offering, first fruits, is being addressed here. And this has been a mystery to most you know, Judeo-Christian theologians. They, they missed the point right here that Cain did not bring the first fruits of his offering. And it just says an offering. Okay? So you're supposed to bring the first fruits of whatever it is, whether it's barley or wheat or sheep or goats or whatever. You're supposed to bring the first fruits. And that's what it says. Abel brought the firstling of his flock. Plus, it has to be a perfect. It, it can't have you know, a blemish. It has to be without blemish. And so... Cain did not bring the first fruit of whatever crop he offered. Let's say it's barley, okay? And he didn't—he didn't like being—he didn't like being a farmer, and he didn't bring the first fruit of his crop. See, so most theologians miss the fact that he didn't bring the first fruit, okay? So, and then Cain talked with Abel his brother, and came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Well, where did he get the idea that he should murder his brother? If he had been the son of Adam, do you think he would have had the idea to kill his brother? No, no. No, no way. This comes from, from Satan. This comes from his, his satanic blood in his veins. Amen, amen. All right. And so that rage, that hatred, Genesis 3.15, that enmity, came out, folks. That came out. Okay? So if you read these verses very, very carefully, this becomes obvious. All right, let's continue. So, where were we? Cain remained without being killed. It was twofold, and I think he's correct here, that uh, Cain was allowed to remain on earth without being killed, first by being born first from the womb. Therefore, he had claim to the right of the firstborn, but also that uh, there was no earthly witness of the act. Now, I'm sure, uh, so neither Adam or Eve was present when this happened, right? They didn't see the act. So there was no earthly witness. You have to have two or three witnesses. Now, I guess you could count Yahweh as one witness, but there's no second witness, right? So the law of two or three witnesses couldn't be fulfilled in Cain's lifetime. Let's continue. I have to change the page. Man, page 15 now, would have not only be free to sin, but free from the consequences of his sin. Thus, Cain had to be preserved. So we've now gotten several reasons why Cain's life had to be preserved. Okay, as... as, uh, as Dan Gaiman says that he had claimed to the right of the firstborn because there was nobody else to claim it after he killed Abel. But also the prophecy had to be fulfilled. 
and Cain had to be allowed, and plus, there was no second witness to the murder of Abel. So for these three reasons, Cain had to be allowed to live. Okay, let's continue. Uh, Why don't you pick it up here from the next paragraph, Michael? Okay. So, Cain was hybrid, out of kind, son of Satan. Cain was a bastard seed, resulting from the woman Eve, bracket, Adam kind, and a bracket, and Satan, bracket, angel kind, and a bracket. And that angel comes from the fallen one. There was one third that fell in the rebellion. The law of kind after his kind, the first law of creation, bracket, named ten times in Genesis 1, and a bracket, had been broken. Adam and the Adam kind woman Eve were free to choose between good and evil, between obedience and disobedience. They were not free to escape the consequences of their sin. Yes, that is what God has done. He gave us free will, and that free will is deciding between good and evil. But as I said also, you cannot run away from the consequences of, of the sin. And that will maybe be apparent to many later. The counterfeit bastard seed of Cain was the result of, quote, original sin, and of quote, in the Garden of Eden. And I can also point out this, that many people talk about salvation. But what does salvation mean when you read the Bible? It does not have much to do with the afterlife. It is about here and now, being protected here and now. That is salvation when I read the Bible mostly. So people always say, oh, you have to save souls. No, it doesn't really say that. Right. It is salvation here and now. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Well, okay, so uh, what are you saying? That, uh, that, that people want salvation? Yeah, everybody wants salvation here now, right? But the Bible says we have to wait for it, <laughs> right? Gra- gratification, yeah, it's delayed gratification, folks, not instant gratification. Is that the point you're trying to make? Yeah, but also when you read this about salvation, it, oh. if you look up the words, it is only about salvation in this life. Oh, okay, it's not yeah. About now, afterlife. now I get what you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I did a study on this salvation and the second coming, and virtually every time the word salvation is used, it's about a, a temporal, uh, you know, not victory, but rescue, redemption, all in temporal context. Very rarely does that word actually refer to the afterlife or the kingdom. There's only two verses that can be construed as such, and even though, and even those can be suggestive of a temporal earthly uh, you know, rescue or redemption. Okay, yeah, 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 that's absolutely correct. Okay, all right, back to you. Because that is often a discussion I end up with some Christians and say, oh, but you have to tell me how you, you can save people. How can you give them salvation? Yeah, no, uh, uh, it's, uh, this is an invention of the Judeo-Christian clergy. And so they use the word salvation almost exclusively to mean going to heaven. Right? That's the way they use yeah. the word. But uh, that's not the way the word is used in Scripture. Okay, so that's another good example of distorted meaning. How the the churches distort the meanings of words. Glad you brought that up. Okay, back to you. 
Thank you. So, Satan had sought to circumvent the true incarnation of Jesus Christ by grafting his own seed onto the pure Adamic racial rootstock and thus prevent Jesus Christ also coming forth from this Adamic racial root, from being born. Remember, the virgin birth was absolutely necessary in order for Jesus Christ as the second Adam to graft back into the true holy root of the white Adamic racial root stock a graft, grafting of pure Adamic seed, bracket, procured without procreation, and bracket, and thus enable a new creation of the old Adamic root to be grafted on, and thus enabled by the incarnated God, Jesus Christ, to begin a new creation in this earth from the old Adamic stock. This is the true meaning behind the miracle of the virgin birth. Okay, well, I would say, he says, procured without procreation. I would say procured with divine procreation. That's how I would put it. Okay? All right, please continue. So, Cain, having been born first, thought to claim the right of the firstborn. That is, inherit the uh, dominion of this earth. Because he was not born within the law of kind after his kind, Cain was disinherited from the birthright. Cain was a bastard, ma bracket, mamster, end of quote, end of bracket, mongrel, and bracket, out of kind, end of bracket, being or seed. Mm -hmm. And that's those people that mix with Arabs, white mixing Arabs, white mixing blacks, white mixing Asiatic. They are here. You have they are mamsters and mongols. There you go. And that, of course, is forbidden. That's forbidden. It is forbidden. Okay. And if you point it out, you will be hated. I know that. Yeah, I've been, right. I've been, I well, end up some newspaper for saying that. As Paul said, do you therefore hate me because I tell you the truth? Oh, yeah, they do. Right? <laughs> they didn't like when I said that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, as such, he could never enter into the congregation of the internal God. Bracket. Deuteronomy 23, verses 2. And a bracket. And that is also, I guess, why, what do you say in America? Mr. Um, Likes Company, because Satan, Cain, all those Edomites, Right. They know they can't fit in the congregation of God, so they want to create everybody else the same. Right. Yeah, they want to bring us down to their level. Boy, they've been yeah. doing a good job of it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, because Satan sought to get his seed into the earth as the firstborn of the Adamic creation, the firstborn was subsequently passed over by God in all critical times of history. And we find that Seth, and not Cain, was chosen. It was Isaac, and not Ishmael, that accounted for the true seed of Abraham. It was Jacob, and not Esau, that received the right of the firstborn under the election of God. Bracket. See Genesis 25, verse 23, and Romans 9, verses 10 to 14. And no bracket. It was Joseph, and not Reuben. Bracket the firstborn, and a bracket, that received the double portion from the dying Jacob. It was Pharaoh and not Sarah, bracket, the firstborn, and a bracket, 
who received the birthright. It was Ephraim and not Manasseh, and the bracket, the firstborn, and the bracket, who received the birthright as recorded in Genesis 48. And isn't it, Eli, that Manasseh, doesn't it mean forgetful one? That Manasseh means forgetful. Oh, yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was prophesied of Ephraim that he would mix his seed with the heathen. And, of course, you're oh. talking about Britain and America. And the same thing's oh, yeah. happening, happening in uh, Europe as well. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sweden so, as well. They right. completely destroyed this nation. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. The only way that you can ever account for God choosing the secondborn in preference to the firstborn is because Cain, being born first from the womb of Eve, had placed a sin upon Adam's race, and not until the second Adam, Jesus Christ, was born. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) And of the Virgin Mary was the curse lifted. Okay. Well, I'm not so sure the curse has been lifted because our people are still blue-eyed, right? Okay. They're still blue-eyed. Yeah. Meaning in Swedish, uh, gullible, right? And so that that gullibility has not yet been lifted. Okay. No. So uh, I think what what we can say is that the curse of the the evil, inherent evil of original sin, and there have been plenty of white people who are just plain evil throughout history. And I think that's part of the curse of the original sin, right? But that curse began to be lifted. Let me put it that way. That curse began to be lifted with the birth of Christ and the redemption of Israel at Calvary, right? But we're still having to educate our people. We've had 2,000 years to educate our people and to make us less gullible. I think the gullibility will ultimately be lifted at the judgment day. Okay, we're still gullible. We're well-intentioned, but still gullible. And uh, what Yahshua said to the Pharisees at John 7, where he says, I have, the the, the Judahites in Judea have one flock, they're the original flock I came to because it's the seed of David. But uh, I have another flock that's not located in this place. And, to, and I have to go to that flock as well. And here's what the Pharisees said amongst themselves. Will he go to the dispersed among the Greeks? What does that tell you, Michael? I want to go to the to the the dispersed among the Greek is because we left up for Greek. Our people migrated away. Yeah, uh, uh, to the uh, uh, the Greco-Roman world, right? So this proves that the Pharisees knew that the Israelites were dispersed in the Greco-Roman world. The so-called Gentiles are in fact Israelites. Okay. That's why they created this word Gentile, inserted it into the Bible to fool us. Oh, no, those people are non-Israelites. No, they are Israelites of the dispersion. Okay. All right, please continue. We have about seven minutes left. Okay. Yes. So, Jesus Christ, as the lost Adam, was without mother and without father, having neither being nor ending of days. 
bracket, Hebrews 7 verses 3, end of bracket, and was the beginning of a new creation from the old dynamic stock. Jesus Christ took on the seed of Abraham, bracket, Hebrews 2 verses 16, end of bracket, and began a new creation from the old dynamic stock. Cain represented the first fruit from the womb of Eve and Jesus Christ, the Firstborn male, born without sin, by means of the virgin birth, was the new firstborn from the new creation of the new grafting made onto the old dynamic root by the virgin born incarnated God, Jesus Christ. And this is also a topic that the Jews always attacked. That it was not a virgin birth, blah, 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 there. Right. Always fine. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, here again, as I as I pointed out, it was actually a divine pro, a divine procreation, right? Whether you believe in the virgin birth or not, you know, well, that seed had to come from somewhere. The male seed had to come from somewhere, and because female uh, eggs don't have a Y chromosome, they only have, they have two X chromosomes. The male has an X and a Y, and you have to have a Y chromosome to uh, produce a male child. So that Y chromosome had to come from somewhere. All right. Okay. And it was not, it was not provided by a male offspring. I mean, by a male father. Sorry. Okay. Back to you. Yeah. That is also, I think the very, the fact when they analyzed the blood of Jesus Christ's blood, I think, wasn't that this famous um, ar uh, archaeological guy, uh, yeah. Ron Weir? Ron Wyatt, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he took the blood off the uh, t top of the casket. The Ark of the Covenant uh, was black. He saw this black substance, so he collected some of it, and he took it up to these Israeli biologists, and they put it on, a, and they had to hydrate it to uh, to look at it. And but lo and behold, the hydrated blood came back to life. Okay, so if it was the blood of any other person. Could it possibly come back to life, right? But Ron Wyatt, thinking that the Jews are God's chosen people, he told them, well, this is the blood of your Messiah. And the Jews said, no, <laughs> not our Messiah. And you can, you can understand the confusion of Ron Wyatt, you know. So, yeah, that blood came back to life under the microscope. And there's still yeah. more blood down there, right? That's why the Jews won't let it. And the rest of the story is, for those who haven't heard the story, because we only have about five minutes left, is the Jews dressed up uh, five or six Jews uh, to, in Levitical garb. And this is reported in uh, the Jewish media. The, they went down there because he, he said, the Ark of the Covenant is down there. It just, somebody has to pull it out. And so they dressed up five or six Israelis in Levitical garb, and they went down there to try to drag that Ark of the Covenant out. And, but they didn't come back out. So after two or three days, the government sent, uh, sent Ron Wyatt down there to find out what happened. And then he said, well, all of these Jews that you sent down there were, were frozen solid with fear, with terrified expressions on their face. Yahweh killed them. Because they're not Israelites, because they're not Levites. Only a Levitical priest can do this. 
Only a Levitical priest can do this. And so I'm on my way, folks. <laughs> but but uh, I'll never, they'll never let me get off the plane. <laughs> All right, back to you, Michael. We just have with a few minutes left. Yeah, thank you. So as the firstborn of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ was the firstborn male born without sin in the lineage of the Adam race. Amen. Jesus Christ was very good and very man. Amen. Yes. Jesus Christ alone could thus be the perfect sacrifice for sin, bracket, original sin, and the bracket, and our actual sin. Right. Jesus Christ was the firstborn male to be born without original sin in Adam's race. Every member of Adam's race after the fall was born with sin. Read Romans 5, verses 12. Jesus Christ, by circumventing procreation and being born of the Virgin Mary, had entered into the world without sin, as the firstborn male of Adam's race. This is the real miracle and necessity of the virgin birth. Satan's effort to place his seed into the earth as the firstborn of Adam's race from the womb of, um, of the woman Eve was thus denied by the true incarnation of God, um, in Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, well, that, yeah. Go ahead. You were going to say maybe something. Oh, you, well, yeah. No, because no, we're just about out of time. To stop. Yeah. Uh, that begs the question: Was Mary a sinless woman? And that's quite possible because you know how cloistered the Israelite girls, young girls, were as they were brought up. Uh, they were not allowed to fraternize with boys. They were, uh, what's the word? They were betrothed to somebody. Okay. And uh, so they didn't go out dating. <laughs> right? So there's no way that uh, uh, Mary could have been impregnated by another person before this. And uh, that gets into the story of Joseph and Mary. You know, we'll, we'll pick that up next week. Okay, but she had to be a sinless girl. You know, uh, there's no record of her committing any sins. So, yeah, uh, it had to be a sinless birth. Okay, that that much is obvious. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll pick this up next week at a new time. We're going to be going on the air from uh, eleven. Sorry, ten to noon Eastern time next week. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. Bye bye. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, bless you. Yeah, bless. Peace.